I want to talk to you about a moment in Jesus' ministry. We're going to talk about the, the things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, I want to go to 1 Corinthians 12.1. That's my text on Friday nights. And God the Father sent his son Jesus on a rescue mission. And then he, Jesus, was assigned to baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire And so God the Father, His Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit have teamed up on humanity to bring us out of the mess we got into by our sin and to address the curse that came upon us. And He uh, who never sinned became a sin substitute for us. We'd actually be made right with God. And this is gospel. This is the good news. God originally created us with uh, creativity and purpose and identity and mission and destiny. He blessed us, and, and yet we used our free will to rebel against him, but he forgave us. Aren't you glad there's forgiveness with him? You ever been forgiven? All, all us married people, we know you, you got to forgive each other. And, uh, you know, there was a cartoon, there was a comic strip. No comment over there from you, Patsy. Um, <laughs> There was a comic strip that said, love means you never have to say you're sorry. And I wanted to scratch it out and say, love means you always have to say you're sorry. <laughs> I don't know who, you know, what idealism that was, you know. But um, it's important that we, you know, walk humbly with the Lord and, and be quick to repent, quick to forgive, stay out of resentment, stay out of those kinds of zones, right? Get out of that ruminating. If we're going to ruminate, we might as well ruminate on the Bible, Get our minds renewed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray you shine light on us and help us tonight and and give us wisdom and help me to speak your word uh, in a way, a lucid, clear, simple way that helps people. In Jesus' name. 1 Corinthians 12.1, Paul the Apostle urged the Corinthian church, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. The King James says ignorant. Uh, that's the root word for ignore is the root word for ignorant. So uh, he doesn't want us to avoid these things. He doesn't want us to be uninformed or ill-informed. Uh, there was a Dallas Theological Seminary trained minister back in the 90s that changed his views of the gifts ceasing with the apostles, and he had a wonderful encounter with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, it, it is these gifts that are itemized in this chapter are for us today. Uh, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the, the, the special kinds of faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles, discerning of spirits, tongues, the interpretation of tongues, and so forth. They're so needed. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, it says that we're to pursue love, make that our aim, but yet also desire earnestly spiritual gifts. And um, the devil works overtime to try to get us to back off of these things, but God wants us to actually earnestly desire them. And what does desire earnestly mean? The King James says covet. You know, we're not supposed to covet, but yet we're, he says, go ahead and covet this, though. You know, really earnestly desire it. Desire 
the move of the Holy Spirit in your life, in your job, in your home, in your relationships, your prayer life. You know, every area of your life, you, you, we invite and welcome uh, the Holy Spirit in. And, um, boy, there's just so much I want to share with you about the Holy Spirit. Um, so I want to I go to uh, Mark chapter 5. You remember the woman with the hemorrhage? And um, 12 years she suffered in chapter 5, verse 25. And uh, King James says, with an issue of blood. Uh, we all have issues, you know. And God will help us. It's, things seem to be, we have hemorrhages in our lives. This, this lady had a literal hemorrhage. I'm sure she had anemia and was suffering. Her systems were probably worn down. Her immune system had to be affected. And she endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but actually rather even had grown worse. Uh, After hearing about Jesus, uh, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, or in the margin it says, she said, if I just touch the hem of his garment or his garments, I will get well. I will be healed. Immediately. The flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that affliction right then. And look at what happened with Jesus. Well, she felt that there was that healing, that the blood had stopped flowing, and she knew it in her, in her awareness of her system. She's, wait a minute, it's different than it's been for 12 years. It's, I'm better. And immediately Jesus, look at this, verse 30, perceiving in himself that power proceeded from him, came forth turned around and the crowd had said, who touched me? His disciples said to him, hey man, look, the whole crowd is pressing in on you and there are a bunch of people bumping into you and you ask who touched you? Come on. And he looked around to see the woman who had done this thing and the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, everybody say daughter, That's a term of endearment there, and it's fairly rare. This is a special thing right here in verse 34. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, that's a marvelous example of what Jesus was coming to download in the church. And uh, he had the spirit without measure. And um, yet, Joel prophesied in the Old Testament some interesting things about harvest and putting in the sickle and, the, and, and the, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be delivered or saved. Some powerful, profound, amazing prophetic things came from that, that word, from that guy. And he's the guy that said, uh, the Lord will restore to us the years the locust has eaten. That's a beautiful message. And he said, the Holy Spirit will come on all flesh. And uh, this was a description of what would be termed the church age or the age of grace or whatever people have labeled it, but it's the season we're in. And the Holy Spirit was poured out. And let me, let me read some verses to you about this because when Jesus felt virtue go out of him, he said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even the uttermost parts of the earth. Oh, man, this is good stuff. We're, we're not left uh, in isolation because he says he's with us to the end. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the earth. 
We're, we're not left without help because he says, I'm even going to send you another helper. And, you know, Psalm 46, 1, he says that the Lord is a very present help in the time of need. Let me ask you, in times of trial and struggle, has the Lord been good to you? And when you were doing great and you could have just sort of, you know, gotten on coast or autopilot, wasn't the Lord there to help you to just straighten up? He's so good. Being baptized in the Spirit uh, causes Christians to be endued with power to give witness proof of the resurrection to the world. You know, when they had the, uh, the Serbians were attacking the Kosovars, the ethnic Albanians, something triggered in me that I had been that had been downloaded in me in the 1980s, early 80s. No, it was the 70s. It was before I was married. And uh, I got a burden for the Albanian people. So I prayed about it. And I had, I had an atlas, of a big world map on my wall in my room that we had mounted on a particle board and, and glued it on there, and we bolted it up on the wall. And... Uh, by this time in my life, I was serious about God. So the Beatle posters and canned heat and everything, they were all the, and, the, and the blacklight posters were rolled up in the closet, and I had this world map, and it replaced all my rock and roll concert posters. And, and I was praying about the nations. Psalm 2.8 says, Call to me, and I'll give you the heathen for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. I had a burden for the Albanians. And... Uh, I didn't even know the Kosovars were Albanian. It was Yugoslavia, so I didn't. I was ignorant, uh, in, you know, in, in what had really happened and where the people group was. But this is a place that today is 93% Muslim. But we went over there to help the people that were oppressed. It happened to be the ethnic Albanians, and so we went in uh, on a mission. And we went there inspired by the Holy Spirit through much prayer. And long story short, we've been there for over 20-some years. And just this last weekend, the pastor of Jacoba Family Church told me they were going to have a gathering. They were expecting over 3,000 people. I guess that means a convergence of he and other pastors and churches. And that's a miracle, too. Because when we went there back, uh, there was a church-planting expert from Sweden named Hans Manegren, who worked for Billy Graham. I think he still does. And he talked to me, and when he saw that I was there with a burden, and he said, the, I've studied this people group, and the churches get to about 25, and then they get in strife, and brother against brother, and then they, they have splits at 25. I thought, boy, thanks for telling me. That's a bummer. Let's come against that. Amen. And then also, we were standing in the courtyard of a school, and we were distributing uh, shoeboxes of toys, and uh, Debbie Bauer was there, and... Um, the little, a little girl threw up her fist, remember that? And, and she was speaking in really strong, you know, strong and assertive. And I asked uh, an interpreter what she was saying. And she said, we will avenge the blood of our brothers. And then God showed me that if we don't reach this people group, there'll be a, this will repeat again and again, this strife and this violence and stuff. So we, it was hard ground. And, uh, we worked there, we labored there, we rebuilt houses, you know, we built uh, shelters and uh, the Kosovars, uh, it was winter and the, the tents that were provided by the UN 
uh, wouldn't uh, suffice, so we built, uh, uh, they, it was foam core metal panels, and we, we, we built these beautiful little huts, and the Salvation Army one day came and said, do you, do you need, uh, do you need uh, um, wood-burning stoves? And, and I, I didn't even know we needed them, so, but we said yes, and then the Danish, what was the Danish guy, uh, what was that guy's name? With the orange overalls? Hano or Heino? Heino said, uh, do you, we, I have lumber for you. And lumber was hard to get. We, we bought some lumber in the nearby Eastern Bloc nations, maybe your nation, Hungary. And it was like they cut off the, they cut the trees on their way there. They still had branches sticking out of the, out of the boards. They were still green. And it was like, man, you know, and they, they really build their construction very well there. So we, we needed the lumber. God just supplied but what he really supplied was the power of the Holy Spirit. We did a dental clinic because somebody said there's no, they don't have good dentistry. They need dental help, you know. So we did that for many years to earn the right to speak into their lives. But we did. We preached the gospel. We gathered there when they became independent. And while I was preaching, there was a big gathering. And I, I mean, it was so, it's, it's, it's not like it is here. It's, it's easy to preach here because you guys are hungry, you're prayerful. You're in faith, you know. I, I went in that environment, and there was so much spiritual resistance. And, uh, in fact, one of the guys on our teams, there, there were people trying to interrupt the meeting to, to, to distract people. And then, uh, I, but I, they, they remembered that I took authority. And I didn't even hear the people. He heard them interrupting the crowd and distracting. And he said, as soon as I did that, it broke. And, and, and took authority that God had given in the name of Jesus and God opened the door for the word, and then people were receptive, and people were repentant, and God did so many great things. Uh, Dreton, who's the pastor, you know, that we, we installed there in the church, and he's doing a great job. He, want, he asked me to do his wedding. In communist countries, it's basically a civic thing, right? You go to the court, and then you have parties afterwards, right? It's like a big party thing, but it's really not... Unless you're Christians, and then they're, 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 you might have a church. But they're, they're, this is 93% Muslim, so th- this was foreign to them. But, but Dritan met Ina at the communion table at a church service in Albania. And they, saw, they looked at each other across the table and said, hey, you know, so I, think that's pretty, I think that's pretty romantic at the communion table. That's romantic. And uh, so they asked me to do their wedding. So I went over there to do their wedding. And they're both, yeah, both came out of Islam, and, and they, they both had a heart for Jesus. And um, the, the wedding started. They came down the aisle, and this was foreign to the people. I wasn't bringing American culture. I was bringing a format of a, what I saw as a, a spiritual, Jesus-centered um, wedding, you know. So when I had them turn and take each other by the hand and exchange vows... Ina began to weep because the, the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit was there. And the guy sitting right over here was the headmaster of the public school, highly educated, uh, you know, really sophisticated thinker, logic type guy. And, and, and it, was, it was a great wedding. And afterwards, he told, he, he said to people, I've never experienced what I just, what just happened? And, um, so Dritan explained it to him that it was the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It was the presence of God. And uh, 
And I thought, that's, that's what's going to draw lost, atheistic, agnostic mindsets out of darkness and into the light. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Look, I was just doing the wedding, and, and it wasn't the performance of a moment, and I wasn't trying to exert myself in any way. In fact, I'll tell you what I told a minister friend of mine. I told Keith Moore this. I said, Keith, you know, they, they, they were talking about how, you know, God, it was, they felt the presence of God. And he goes, and I said, I, you know, he said, I didn't notice it. He goes, well, that's because you're used to it. Did you know that the Holy Spirit comes alongside to help us? The very name of the Holy Spirit in the, in the, in the Greek is parakletos or paraklete, which means called alongside to help. Power assist. The other day, uh, Paul and Heidi Clark were building, putting some boards up on a, on a, um, repairing a, a, a like a, a, a utility kind of a building they have. And Heidi was up there on the ladder with Paul. She's a strong uh, Dutch girl from Holland, and uh, Paul needed that help because what were they two by sixes? Old two-by-sixes, and the older they get, the heavier they are. And uh, so, wasn't that nice that you had that help? And, and that's, that's, can I just tell you how good it is that you have the help of the Holy Spirit? Mark, I mean, the other day Steve Clayman's mom passed at almost 97 years old, and when I, we went to the service, uh, you know, I, the helper, the Holy Spirit, was there helping him. And blessing the family, right? And your sweet mom. And, and, and God was there to help you. And he's there to help your family. He's with us in trouble. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And, you know, uh, the, all those kids had a good relationship with their mother. I, I remember their dad and that nice mustache he had back in the 80s. Remember that big mustache? He had a good one. And God is just so good to all of us, you guys. He's so good. Can I tell you some things about the Holy Spirit that Joel, Joel, the Hebrew prophet, foretold that would come on the earth? In the Gospel of John, let's go look at a few verses. John chapter 14, verse 16. Jesus said this. He said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. That's a powerful verse. I will ask the Father, and he will give another helper, that he may be with you forever. Did you hear that? That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. See, the spirit upon you is one thing. The spirit within you is another. It's amazing. John chapter 14, verse 26, uh, just down the page. Chapter 14, verse 26 says, but the helper, everybody say the helper. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Did you catch that? That that the Holy Spirit is there to quicken us and to sharpen us and to bring things up from the back burner up into our, 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 our where we need it, where we could access it. And it continues in John 15, 26. Uh, when the helper comes, John 15, 26, whom I will send to you from the Father. 
Did I just read this to you? That is the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will testify about me. See, the Holy Spirit points to the Messiah to underscore his importance in everything we do. He testifies about Jesus. And you will testify also because you have been with me from the beginning. So see, it gets to a place where we are called to, be, to testify and they, they call in a, in a court of law, they call, they'll call a witness to testify. And Jesus in the high court of heaven has called us to witness and testify and attest to who God is. So in that wedding, the gentleman that was on the front who's raised in, a in the communist Eastern Bloc nation, mainly oppressed, you know, sort of atheistic, and then uh, Islamic. Then, he, then he's in this environment, though, that's talking about God sending Jesus and something rouses in him. And God moves on the, on the groom and on the bride and the presence of the Lord comes in on the situation. Hey, look, that was a closed door and a closed nation. And God opened that door. God has opened up nations during our lifetime. And uh, just even Perestroika and Glasnost has liberated so many Jews from the Eastern Bloc countries to go, get free, to go home like the Bible has foretold. So we're seeing in our lifetime, God moving by his spirit on the nations, and it is wonderful what God's doing. Right? I know you're coming out of Christmas, and you're just trying to figure out what you threw away with the wrapping and the bags and the dumpster and all that. And just, get the, just forget what lies behind or reach forward to what lies ahead. I'm sorry I put that in your head, but just forget about it. It was in your head already. John 16, 13. Listen, to, I love this. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. See, he won't ever lead you into error. He'll never lead you into a ditch. The Holy Spirit is reliable. He'll help you with your child rearing. He'll help you in your marriage. He'll help you with your job. He'll help you with your relationships. He'll help you to forgive people, help to receive forgiveness for yourself. He'll help you because he's certifiably called the helper. Help is on its way. And so he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. People are wondering who the Antichrist is, what's happening, what level, what gauge point are we in in the end times, you know, and all these kinds of things. You know, we don't really have to worry about that. Acts chapter 1, you know, they were saying, hey, is this the time you're going to restore the kingdom in Israel and so forth? He said, it's not, what does it say in Acts chapter 1 verse, let's start with verse 5. Acts chapter 1 verse 5, uh, you know, it says, you were baptized in water. God, he's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then uh, it says, so when they had come together, they were asking him, Lord, who is the Antichrist? It apparently, it's not Henry Kissinger because he just died. In fact, I remember he made it to 100 years old, and I remember Henry Kissinger saying, "Please, I'm not the Antichrist." I mean, that's he even said that to people. Please, he said that in the poor guy, poor guy. Uh, but see, he says, "Look, look, they're asking about this, Lord. Is it at this time that you're restoring the kingdom to Israel?" And he said to them, 
Uh, It's not for you to know times or epochs, which the Father has fixed by his own authority. So my interpretation of that particular verse is, let's not fuss about those things so much. Let's go delve into the next point of verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Remember when the woman felt that her hemorrhage had dried up and Jesus felt, and the King James says, a virtue had proceeded forth from him? There was this divine connection that had occurred. That is what God wants us to uh, ponder and, and be prepared for and covet earnestly and desire. So we could have these divine connections in our interaction with people, and our witness is going to be uh, effective. And, um, and, and that, that, you know, Mark chapter, Mark chapter 16, verse 15, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every living creature, uh, and, you know, get the gospel out. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. And then it says, these signs will accompany those who have believed, In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus has spoken these things to them, and he was received up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God in verse 20, and they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word with signs that followed. Think about that. That was a model and snapshot of the early church. They had been equipped. They had watched Jesus in his earthly ministry. They were instructed. They were given authority. They were, they were emboldened. They had had their hearts and lives changed. They had been forgiven and cleansed of their sins. They were so grateful for that. Their names were recorded in heaven, and they were so grateful for that. They didn't have the advantage of ocean liners or jet airplanes or printing presses or they didn't have uh, uh, social media or TV cameras or anything like that. And um, the early church managed to preach to the then known world, the gospel of Jesus throughout the Roman Empire and all of the Mediterranean, northern Africa and up into Europe. And I like this verse. Paul said he preached even as far as Illyricum. And if you look at your maps in your Bible, you'll find Illyricum is that area where Kosovo is, where the Albanians are, where the more Macedonia, where when Paul tried to go into one place and the Lord said, no, go to this other place. And he went to Macedonia, which was, he got up in Europe. This is the edge of the southern part of Europe. And Lydia and her household were saved. They were the first European converts. And it was, it was pivotal in Western civilization. So see, Jesus is wanting to do amazing things in our lifetime, in your, through your life. And the devil is so evil, he belittles and badgers each individual Christian and takes his time to make you feel dumb, unacceptable, and ugly, insecure, and make you feel like, ah, well, what does it really matter? I'm telling you, You're the light of the world and the salt of the earth by Jesus' description. And that he's given you the ministry of reconciliation, and he's given you the mission, the commission, the great commission. And uh, this is why I'm not a cessationist, and I believe the gifts are continuing for today, because the mission is still the same. We need the equipment to be the same. 
And that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. He gives life to your mortal body. He gives enlightenment to you. He helps you in your decision-making. Helps you to make the right choices. When you lack wisdom, you ask and he'll give it, right? And he'll walk you through the ridiculous challenges that you and I, we have to face. You know, I'm on the phone last night with a grandfather who's... Uh, daughter had a baby and they're going through challenges and we're believing God for them to come through 100% because we know the scriptures and we understand the power of God and that he's the same that he was yesterday and that in the Bible when that lady touched the hem of his garment she got healed that lady got healed of cancer that's just sitting down right there she's a cancer survivor so is her husband Pastor John's wife Jana It was a rough moment. We were on the phone together praying. God brought Jana through, and she's such a blessing to us on this side of that attack. The Lord is so good. I said, the Lord is so good. And just that he's called another helper. In fact, he says, it's to your advantage that I go. People were freaking out. No, Lord, we don't want you to go. They're hanging on. No, don't go. And he says, no, it's to your advantage that I go. Because if I don't go, I, I'm not, the, the, this next sequence of things is not happening. But when I go, I'm going to send you somebody that's going to be with you. I tell you the truth. What does it say in John 16, 7? I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I'm going to send him to you. Right? Oh, that's a good verse. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. Pursuing love, because love is the key that unlocks all these nine gifts. Walking in love is value. Instead, You know, I noticed this. I went on a date with my wife, and people are from COVID and from cell phones are even farther away from cordial congeniality than probably ever in my lifetime that I've ever seen. You, you, my, my wife gave a compliment to a young lady. She just didn't even talk to her. She just looked vacuously at her. And it was like, it was, it was, and I just kind of, I got kind of seized up like, what, what's happening here? And, and, and in all this moment we're in, it's, it's perfect timing for us to get, delve into this, this and no longer ignore the things of the spirit, but, but, but study about them. Uh, Followers of Jesus, as followers of Jesus, we need to delve into and get grounded in these facts pertaining to the Holy Spirit. We, we need to understand that we're, we're to covet the greater gifts, it even says. What are the greater gifts? Those are the gifts we need at the moment. The greater gifts are, Lord, everybody say, Lord Jesus, help. He's a, he's a comforter. I talked to an agnostic and his wife died. He invited me, you know, he asked me to go to the house before the coroner, before any of the family. I checked and sure enough, I, I, t- I said to her, yes, she, she's passed. And he, he grabbed me by the shoulders. He was, told me he was an agnostic. He said, I know there's a God. He's comforting me right now. And that he's, he was at Christmas uh, Eve service this week. And, and, you know, he's been serving God now for the decades after that commitment. He came from agnosticism, I don't know, to help me, Lord. Gave his life to Jesus. The gospel is the power of God to salvation. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 
He said, you know, my preaching and my, my testimony and so forth is not in the persuasive words of wisdom, but it's on the demonstration of the Spirit and power. And, and he said, the reason for that is so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. I got a text from my friend, Dr. Jeff Schwartz out in California. He was formerly the head of the UCLA Psychiatric Department. He was, he's, a, the, he's the guy that writes the, te- the textbooks on neuroscience. And he was, his parents were in Auschwitz and in Dachau. He said the, 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 both, sets, both sides, they, came, they survived it. They came to, immigrated to America. He got into Buddhism. And then he would come to these meetings and he'd hear me preach. And it wasn't in the persuasive words of wisdom. I, I, you know, I wasn't trying to impress him with uh, intellectual argument or trying to use uh, you know, uh, some sort of special phrasing or, or go into some sort of theological argument. I just shared the simplicity of the gospel. And see, Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul told the whole Roman Empire, he said, you guys, I am not ashamed of the gospel. He said in Romans 1, 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news, because it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. Paul had a conversion on the road to Damascus, and he was dismissive of this Hebrew carpenter from Galilee until he met him in that context of his resurrection and power, and his whole life and whole mindset turned around. Same thing happened with Dr. Schwartz, and he te- he texted me back a Christmas greeting and was thankful that he came to know Jesus, uh, you know, and I, I had a part in it. Well, it was because God sent his son Jesus, and then he baptized me in the Holy Spirit and fire, and it made the witness effective. Kosovo, 93% Muslim, they're coming to Jesus. Why? Because he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life, and it's correct to say he's the Savior, the Redeemer, the Deliverer. And so the Holy Spirit is the one, he's the one that's, that's going to come in and bring that amazing power, amazing authority, amazing abundance into each one of our cases. And so let's just have a heads up on that. Let's be receptive to that. Let's be looking for that, right? Let's, let's trust the Lord in our prayer. I was on my way to church with my wife, and the Holy Spirit was leading me in prayer. And he gave me uh, something to pray. It was like a, a prophetic kind of a thing. And, we were, and, it was like, and she and I knew it, and, we, and God and, and I, we, we had to go take care of something, and then we came, and we made it right on time. God will help us in prayer. We don't know how to pray as we ought. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. This is, this is the help of the Holy Spirit. He's, I'm just telling you, when you're going into a new year and you're writing out resolutions, you resolve to really connect with this. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. But we don't know how to pray as we should. We don't know how to relate to the Kosovars as we should. You know, and we're not called to Christianize the world or churchify the world or westernize the world. We're just called to communicate the gospel. 
And what is the gospel? The gospel is that God created us for a purpose and he gave us dignity and he gave us the creator of the universe loves us. That, that ought to boost your, your self-esteem exponentially. And then sadly, you know, what happened? What a mess the world's in. What happened? We sinned. We fell. The devil tempted and we fell. And, uh, and, and, but the, the amazing thing is uh, Jesus is the solution, his substitution. He, he came in and he said, look, I'm going to come in and I'm going to pay the penalty for your sin. I'm going to take your sin and I'm going to bear it. And he, he comes first as the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. Isaiah 53. He t- our own sicknesses he bore. Our sins he carried. Uh, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was our substitute. He was crucified. He suffered and died so that we could have eternal life. And, and, and the result, we repent and we believe. And the result is our restoration. Wow. See, Restoration Hardware went out of business across the street, but God's restoration never goes out of business. And I would say, this is the message. This is what we're to communicate. This shows where we've come from. This shows the cause of our problem. And this shows who fixed it. And this shows how we can function today. Listen. If anyone's in Christ, he or she is a new creation. You're not left alone. He says that you're accepted in the beloved. You're not dismissed. You're you're the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. In all this garbage we face. Romans chapter 8 verse 37. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. And you guys that fight the good fight of faith understand what I'm talking about. And so we have this help from the Holy Spirit. We have, we have Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. And, you know, it's, this is all by faith. And it's, it's you know, I'm, I, am I indoctrinated? Mm, I suppose so. Am I brainwashed? No, but my mind is renewed. Am I indoctrinated? Not so much. I'm not so much into, you know, going into indoctrination. But I have good doctrine right here. A whole book full of it. Doctrine is just teaching. And the Bible talks about the, this falling away. Well, we need to run in and press in more than ever. When Katrina hit, we had uh, people on the ground within minutes, right? You, we were, Service International was down there within minutes. We were first responders for sure. And then we drove uh, food and equipment and things down there and water. There was a, one of our vendors, Ronnie's Ice Cream. He said, can I help? And we said, yeah. So he loaded up his truck with water, drove his truck down there, like whatever, however many miles that was, 800 miles or however far it was. And um, what we noticed was that people were evacuating and those highways were full leaving, but nobody was on this side. I mean, you could drive with your foot. <laughs> and... Uh, and that's the way the world is right now. It's so messed up. But the believers, and you want to be a radical? You want to see a revolution? Just obey the Bible. It's a Jesus movement. We're singing this is a move. And I remember T.L. Osborne, he said, well, God, he got, we don't need a move of God. He's always moving. Because he, he took issue with people that were looking for event, event things, you know, and wanting to be eventful. 
And I understood his point because uh, with God, uh, he, he's supernatural all the time. He's available all the time. And he's looking for people that will get this. And I'm preaching this so that you will <clears throat> hunger and thirst for this. Uh, covet earnestly these gifts. Learn what these things are. You've already been moving in word of wisdom and word of knowledge. When you prayed for people and they've gotten healed, God's answering prayer. God's word is true. And then there are just times, there are things you've gotten through that you couldn't have got through any other way, but with a special faith. The Holy Spirit is there to help. It says the Spirit wills, and he's there, and he's willing. He's willing to download new ideas in your thinking. Business strategies, songs, purposeful things, a direction about your kids as they mature and you're, they're, getting, they're going into independence and yet you still have, you don't want to be a helicopter mom or dad, but you also don't want to just, uh, you know, not be there for them. So you're there as a prayer person. You're there to stand with them. You're there to augment their faith and believe God. And, you know, as the training wheels come off, you're believing that God will protect them and deliver them from evil, right? Come on. You know what I'm talking about here is right. And the Holy Spirit is called another helper. So when people are blaming God for things, no, he's the helper. When the flood of 93 hit, I wasn't like, oh, God, why did you let this happen to us? It's like, God, what do we do now? What do we do now? I need wisdom. And I was crying. I was, my brain was numb. I was, you know, I, I did, you know it was mind-numbing. We were victims of a disaster, but God wanted to pivot us from being victims to being victorious. And he has strategy for us. So I close with this. Jesus said, who touched me? He felt virtue come out of him, power come out of him. And uh, she said, I did. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Faith can change a city. It can change a family. It could change a relationship that's been really breached. Faith in God can turn mountains into plains. It can open up something called the Iron Curtain and rip it to shreds. I mean, he tore the veil in the temple from top to bottom. The Iron Curtain really was not that hard for God. And we saw we were there within days of it happening. We were chipping holes in the Berlin Wall with a chisel and a hammer. And talking to the people through the holes, we cut through the walls. Talking to the soldiers. They said, we're not killers, we're not killers. And, 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 we, were, and we, we led one guy to the Lord. Remember that one guy? We led him to the Lord. That door opened, and I'm looking for doors to open. I'm looking for, you see mountains looming in front of you? You develop your faith, you say, you know, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. <laughs> Hallelujah! Hallelujah. I mean, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about the infinite possibilities that await us in the upcoming days. Let's believe God for an accelerated, fruitful, profitable 2024. Let's look at it. Let's believe God. Let's get some vision. 
Let's trust the Lord. Let's, let's just, you know, trust God for whatever his purposes are for our lives. You know, he said to Jeremiah in chapter 1, verse 5, he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. He had a mission for Jeremiah. He said, before you were born, I consecrated you. I've appointed you a prophet to the nations. And he goes, oh, but, but Lord, I'm only in middle school. And he said, uh, he said, I can't speak because I'm a youth. He says, hey, hey, no excuses. Don't say I'm a youth or don't say I'm middle-aged or don't say I'm old or don't say I'm a female or don't say I'm a male or don't say I'm this or I'm that. He says, because everywhere I send you, you're going to go. And all that I command you to do, you, to speak, you'll speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. And he stretched out his hand, and he touched his mouth, and the Lord said, he said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. And then he said, see, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and, and break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to rebuild and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me saying, what do you see, Jeremiah? He said, I see a rod of an almond tree, which symbolized leadership. And the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. His word is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. His word is forever settled in heaven. His word is alive. His word is spirit and it's life. And let me tell you something. When you speak the word... If people make the mistake of listening to you, it's going to get a hold of them. Jeff Schwartz came to those meetings, and he got, it got a hold of him. The, the agnostic guy came to the meetings. It got a hold of him. The Buddhist research scientist from Japan, it, he listened. He heard. Faith comes by hearing the word. And God watches over his word to perform it. Oh, don't you love Jeremiah 112? I'm watching over my word to perform it. Wow. So what, what do we do? We stand on the word. When de- depression or discouragement or sorrow comes, nah, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, we're not in denial. We, we go through life and we, we face it, but we deny Satan the right to, you know, get seeds planted in our brains and cause us just to cave in and quit. We certifiably are overcomers. And he always leads us in triumph. Let's all stand up on our feet. Come on. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for stirring in the hearts of everybody that's come tonight, people that are watching online. If there's anyone that's not surrendered their life to Jesus, God, I ask that you'd reveal your supernatural love to them and show that our Redeemer lives and that he's a Savior. The gospel is the power of God to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For every nation, Lord, the gospel, Jesus, the good news message is available. God, I pray for the Kosovars. I pray for the Serbians. I pray for the people in India, Northern Africa, the nations. I pray for peace in Jerusalem, security in, in, in Israel, Lord. I pray you move mightily on the nations. God, I pray that the everlasting, ever-loving truth of the gospel will go forth over our country. Cover our election period. May it be honorable. May it be ethical. May it be truthful. Honorable, ethical, truthful. 
Oh, Father, I'm asking, when the righteous rule, the city rejoices. I'm praying for mercy on our country, Lord. Be merciful to our nation. Please, God, cover our country, Lord. All 330 million, all 250 million French speakers, all the nations, Lord, all the all those who speak Hindi and, 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 and Mandarin and Spanish and all the nations all around the world, Lord. God, I pray for all 8 billion of us on the planet that the whole earth would be filled with your, the knowledge of you in every place. 